0: Conversations at the speed of sound
1: Uh, Well, we're about to do some fabric work on the Tiger Moth Um, This morning I spent some time walking out on the wings of the Orion Just doing a bit of rust stuff on the bolts um, Because being near the sea breeze it wears and tears a bit Um, We've done a bit of ventilation on the Orion as well I'm um, just trying to think of what else. did a bit of a brief stint on engines and sandblasting, painting, actually like pulling apart engines and figuring out how they work. I've also borrowed out like some textbooks here at the library, which is also really helpful. Um, so like while you kind of see things and you think, OK, I'm trying to process this, you can go home and pull out a textbook that you can borrow and it brings it all together
0: the voice there of 20-year-old Restoration Workshop volunteer, Emily Hocking. You're going to hear more from Emily in a moment. Hello and welcome to this episode of MAC1, the podcast of the Queensland Air Museum Caloundra. My name is Gary Hills and I am delighted to welcome you to this episode. You're going to hear more from Emily. You're also going to hear from our Restoration and Conservation Manager, Rick Wilkins, who will describe to you the kinds of things that the volunteers in the workshop are doing, and the kinds of opportunities that might exist for you, yes, you, dear listener, no matter your age or your gender, and there are possibilities that exist for you that you might want to pursue. Before we get to Emily, though, I recently sat down in the studio with two of the Sunshine Coast counsellors. Uh, Deputy Mayor and Division 1 Councillor Rick Babarowski and Division 2 Councillor Terry Landsberg to just acknowledge a grant that both of them made available to the Queensland Air Museum recently, which will go a long way towards helping the Queensland Air Museum preserve some of the stories of those who have gone before in aviation and whose stories, to be quite frank at this point, have never been chronicled. So here is my conversation with councillors Rick and Terry. And following that, I wandered out the back to the workshop to speak with 20-year-old volunteer Emily, who I had to extract from the Tiger Moth restoration crew where she was working that day, And then Rick Wilkins also. So I'm in the Queensland Air Museum studio. Thanks to a couple of guests who I have with me today. Firstly, Rick Babarowski, who's the Deputy Mayor of the Sunshine Coast Council and uh, Councillor in Division 1. Hello, Rick. Hi.
2: Hi, Gary. Nice to
0: be here. Yeah, thank you for joining me. And Terry Landsberg, who is a Councillor in Sunshine Coast Division 2. Terry, g'day.
3: Good afternoon, Gary.
0: Thanks for coming in. Um, I invited you in to thank you and to have our listeners of the podcast hear me thank you on behalf of the museum for a couple of very generous grants that you made possible for us a couple of months ago, with which we've been able to make it possible to set up a dedicated, secure recording studio uh, for the museum with uh, good quality sound recording equipment and mixing equipment. And that enables us to add to our collection with the stories of the people of aviation you know there's one thing to collect the aircraft that represent australia's aviation heritage it's another thing to collect the stories of those people who let's face it none of us are getting any younger and and once our stories are gone they're gone so we try to capture those as much as we can and honor those stories. And being able to do this by way of recording has been brilliant. We've we've done quite a few, so thank you very much to both of you. And um, can I can I say I, I imagine as counsellors um, working in a region like this, you get to do this kind of thing from time to time, engage with groups and and help them out with what they're doing. Would that be right? Oh
2: yeah, look, it is one of the. Great fortunes, good fortunes of being in a position to uh, either help or push and shove things in a in a good direction. Um, so I, I think this is a sort of a wonder wonderful expression of that because to some extent you can make these decisions quite uh, quickly or, or almost casually. Um, I must admit, as soon as somebody says anything about uh, heritage or recording uh, the human stories that go with objects or places or events, I tend to jump at that. Um, I have been the heritage portfolio for quite a few years and my background is in galleries, museums, so I I love Mm. this stuff. Um, But I actually think the
0: technology
2: of podcasts is profoundly important for modern
0: human communities i think you were telling me you're a real podcast listener
2: i i don't think i could do the job that i do without them really Um, because you need to keep yourself one um, really up to date with what's happening and and it's also part of really energizing yourself because you know this job can be quite draining So when I'm in the car or in the evening or whenever I've had whatever day I've had, I tend to re-energise and give myself some time. Mm. Uh, Often I'll steal it late at night, (laughs) and I'll get go down a rabbit hole of some YouTube clips, uh, which are utterly brilliant. I mean, if you if you curate it carefully, Mm. that's the key to it. Yes, is is making sure that you're in control of it because you will get all sorts of suggestions, as everybody knows. You create your pathway, mm. and you can pull down the highest quality of information now via podcasts or YouTube clips. And it's Imaginable. Free. And it's free. It's amazing, yes. All you have to do is put up with a few ads.
0: <laughs> so, Terry, how does this fit with you? I mean, you're a new counsellor. This is your first term as counsellor. Congratulations, by the way. And um, what are your reflections on that, uh, fitting in with the community, being able to help out with things that are happening
3: yeah, a great question, Gary. Uh, look, I I wanted to become a counsellor for my previous support that I used to do in the um, community sector and it was probably I actually gathered uh, more appreciation from that from my own small business, so mm. engaging directly. And this has been a wonderful opportunity to support um, so many non-for-profit clubs and sporting clubs and people, that mums and dads that are out there just trying to promote, um, you know, better activities for our region, and and this is a perfect example of a a non-for-profit club running an amazing facility out here, Mm. recognising a rich aviation history and the ability to record it. And, you know, for our younger generation as well, I think that's extremely important in this day and age.
0: Mm. We have a young girl, 20 years old, Named Emily, she doesn't mind me saying that because I've already recorded her story, but she came in here one day after having a pilot's licence, uh, a, a flight for one hour. She wandered over here. She wants to join the RAAF eventually, and she said, I probably, sh- it would be good if I could learn about aeroplanes before I fly them. She came to our workshop and, and met our workshop manager, Rick, restoration manager. She said, is there anything I can do uh, as a volunteer? And he's now got her helping to remove corrosion from a P3 Orion, and and put fabric on uh, tiger moth and do various other tasks around here. She's brilliant, she's got a great work ethic. But as you say, she's a, a, she's young, she's starting out and she got to sit down with retor- retired air vice marshal Julie Hammer and talk about what's my pathway into the RAAF as a woman, you know, so things like that. Is that the sort of thing you mean?
3: Yeah, and we touched on Obviously, before the interview, about the the skill set that you have out here with the the works that go into engineering, the refurbishment and the restoration projects, mm. and having that ability for a, a newcomer into the aviation sector to be able, have a hands on approach is extremely important. And it's a skill set that uh, you don't like to see it as a dying art. You'd like to see that that can be passed on, you know, for generations because um, having our history is extremely so important. This in terms of us moving forward and look aviation is a wonderful sector it's it's one of our um in our red strategy here on the sunshine coast as aviation has a new international airport and mm. the aerodrome here in caloundra and we'd like to think there's a wonderful future for um you know obviously employment sector moving forward
0: and as a museum we would love to be part of that future as well we we see ourselves very much as part of the sunshine coast rick
2: oh um, look i i not only endorse all of the stuff that you can learn from a sort of aero aero engineering or aviation history and all the rest of it, but look, all of us, all of us at some point dream about what it must be like to be able to fly. Mm. Um, It's part of our mythology. It's part of our fairy stories. Uh, It goes right back to sort of the legends or or mythologies of Icarus, and Mm -hmm. you know we use it to explain different lessons you could learn in life. But fundamentally, it's about breaking a barrier it's about transgressing from being an earthbound creature to something else and i i love the fact that uh when people walk around this that's part of what they're experiencing in their head is the dream of flight and and what would it be like to be Mm. able to fly to sprout wings and of course there's fairies and angels and all sorts of uh, expressions of that Um, but we made it real you know through through our imagination and then, you know, problem by problem, problem-solving by problem-solving, mm. we developed a technology that would allow us to mm. break the bounds of being an earthbound creature. And that's pretty impressive. But it goes further than that, doesn't it? Because as we're talking, there's perseverance on the surface of Mars. Yes. As we are talking, that's our technology looking for the foundations of life and doing the experiments right now. And that's an extension
0: of the dream of flight. A little helicopter on Mars that we put there. (laughs) That's right. Well, look, thank you very much, gentlemen. I I don't want to hold you up, but I, I did want to make it clear to everyone that we are very grateful and that this is not the end of the story for us. We have an oral history project now that's just kicked off, which will involve audio and video recordings into the future and transcribed conversations with people who live here on the Sunshine Coast or not but most of them do whose personal experience of aviation needs to be preserved and you're helping to make that happen and uh, we hope that there'll be further uh, iterations of this as time goes on so we look forward to working with you also in the future thank you very much
2: it's our privilege thank you very much as well thank you Gary
0: thank you Rick and thank you Terry Volunteering can be good for your physical health and mental well-being. Get active and get involved with interesting tasks, significant and important projects and meet new people by joining the volunteers at the Queensland Air Museum Caloundra. We're all volunteers here. Whether it's in our restoration workshops and our aero engine shop, restoring and maintaining airframes and engines, as well as our grounds and buildings, or in our library, boasting one of the largest and most significant collections of RAAF materials in Australia, with tens of thousands of items to be catalogued, administered and cared for, or on our front counter, providing excellent customer service to our visitors, there's a place for you. It could be one day a week or seven. We will train you and equip you for the area that suits you best. Get in touch through our website. We would love to hear from you. Become a volunteer at the Queensland Air Museum, Caloundra. Well, I'm at the QAM workshops today with one of our volunteers, Emily Hocking. Hello, Emily.
1: Hi Gary, how are you doing?
0: Good thank you, thank you for asking and thanks for giving me the time. I know you're very busy, I've just pulled you off the Tiger Moth crew and you can tell me a bit more about that in a minute but just uh, to get started tell me where you're from and what is your interest in aviation?
1: Uh, So I'm from like Bray Park so that's think like Petrie sort of area.
0: In Brisbane?
1: Yeah in Brisbane (laughs) and um, I'm wanting to go into the Royal Australian Air Force so I want to go in as a pilot or something as aircrew if that fails and um, I figured if I get in and involved with the museum I can learn a bit from like, the people who are veterans here as well as people who just have an interest in aviation, learn a lot about planes and how they work before you actually fly them.
0: You know that's what I found volunteering here, you meet the most amazing people who have the most amazing experience in aviation. I know you spoke recently with uh, Julie Hammer, Air Vice Marshal, retired, about uh, what you ought to do to prepare yourself for, for a career in the Air Force. How did that go?
1: That was pretty cool. I just kind of like rocked up to lunch break and um, Rick pulls me aside and he goes, oh, so we reckon we will get you to chat to Julie um, in a little bit. And I was like, oh, okay. And um, I ended up talking to Tony and pedro the guys on the orion and they said oh yeah she's a former air vice marshal and i was like excuse me <laughs> um and uh, i quickly looked her up and read a bit about her and i was like oh okay i have gonna prepare myself to be an air vice marshal
0: you go straight to the top here <laughs> yeah. that's for sure i mean yes as you now know julie has a stellar career literally yeah, stellar literally. two stars uh, and I'm glad you were able to have a chat to her. So she gave you some tips and some pointers about where to go from here. Yeah. And there are, as you say, other people here who have different kinds of experience, ground crew as well as air crew. Um, now, w- what kind of jobs have they put you on here?
1: Oh, well, we're about to do some fabric work on the Tiger Moth. Um, this morning I spent some time walking out on the wings of the Orion and just doing a bit of rust stuff on the bolts, um, because being near the sea breeze, it wears and tears a bit. Um, We've done a bit of ventilation on the Orion as well, Um, just trying to think of what else. Did a bit of a brief stint on engines and sandblasting, painting, actually like pulling apart engines and figuring out how they work. I've also brought out like some textbooks here at the library, which is also really helpful. so like while you kind of see things and you think okay I'm trying to process this you can go home and pull out a textbook that you can borrow and it brings it all together
0: People don't realise our library is a bit of a well-kept secret we have the biggest REEF collection here in Australia and uh, I mean it's quite a varied collection but I'm glad you've been able to access some of that and so how do you feel about doing all of these different kinds of tasks and experiencing all of these different elements of aviation they're quite disparate aren't they?
1: yeah no it, it's it's really cool you get to listen to people who have had these experience like when they served on these military aircraft cause that's what, mainly what i've been working on and like with Stu especially because he's also working on a tiger moth he used to fly them um and that's just like it's it's pretty amazing we went across the road to see one that's been done up and it's it's airworthy and you know this thing's like so so old but it's still airworthy and everything and um yeah he was just he got me to sit in it and he's like pointing out and he's telling me stories about it and that's just like whoa
0: (laughs) that was Stu who did that
1: that was Stu, yeah yeah
0: and so as far as your schooling goes um may i ask how old are you
1: i'm 20 years old
0: okay so you've you finished high school have you begun to do any uh tertiary uh study yet
1: I uh, didn't leave high school with the intention of doing anything in STEM, let alone being a pilot. Um, I actually studied social work for a bit, so just managing people, which I would argue would be extremely helpful. Just being an officer in the air force, just uh, you know, I've spoken to army officers and they say prepare to deal with welfare with people. You're not just going to be yelling at them all the time. And for some people, that was a shock, and I was like, well, yeah, that's kind of implied (laughs) um but yeah so i'll be going back to university to do a bit more physics to just kind of say look i still have a keen interest i'm still pursuing this you know i'm not just kind of sitting sitting down laying back chillaxing waiting for you guys to do something um and that's at uq yeah
0: well look it's been wonderful to have you around the place Uh, as you've probably noticed most of the volunteers here are blokes Um, which is kind of by accident. There's no intention that it be a men's shed by any means. It just has happened that way. So it's great to have you here. Would you have any advice or any suggestions for somebody who's listening to this who might think, gee, I I wouldn't mind doing that? Is it something you'd recommend?
1: Absolutely. Definitely do it.
0: So how would somebody go about uh, getting started here? How did you do it?
1: Uh, I had a flight lesson across the road at GoFly. And um, I wandered across and I was like, oh, I'll just have another look at the museum. So it was like my third time being here. And I had a chat to one of the guys at the Neptune because they love, you know, pulling people inside and say, telling stories and you've been given the tour. Yes. Yeah, tour takes about an hour and a half. <laughs> um,
0: and it's worth it, isn't it? I mean, what they've done within inside in the interior is just spectacular, yeah. and so few people get to see it unless they can actually crawl through those spaces, which mm-hmm. is a shame. We're working on a video that we might be able to show some people who may physically be unable to get in there just so they can have a look. Okay well look I've spoken to Rick a couple of times about uh, what's going on out here and he he speaks very highly of you. He's very impressed with your work ethic, with your attitude, with your willingness to learn and engage with people and all the very best to you Emily with your plans and and your future. Um, It's early days for you but we'll be following your future with great interest. Please if you're not part of the museum in the future keep in touch with us and let us know how you're going. Thank you very much for talking to us today.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: I'm at the QAM uh, workshops this afternoon with uh, Rick Wilkins, who is currently our Conservation and Restoration Manager. Thanks for your time, Rick. I know you're very busy. I see I've just had to pull you off the Tiger Moth team. Uh, Can you tell us where you're from and what's your background in aviation?
4: Uh, I worked for an airline in Darwin for 30 odd years and during that time I also looked for um, aircraft wrecks from the war all around the Territory in the Kimberley. We moved down here uh, early 2002 and I joined here as a normal volunteer, Uh, so how many years is that I don't know but I'm now the Conservation Restoration Manager, there's about um, I think about 80 aircraft here that somehow or another I'm responsible for. Some are being worked on at the moment, some have been done and some are yet to be done. So.
0: Well, let's, before we get to that, let's just, before we leave that topic, what did you do with the airline? What was your role and what, what wrecks have you
4: found? Uh, I worked out on the tarmac for uh, an airline that no longer exists and did that for just on 30 years and left there uh, 13 days before that airline collapsed, so got out at the right time. And spent um, probably 25 to 26 years in the territory looking with a group of other guys looking for aircraft wrecks from the war. All sorts of wrecks, uh, British, Australian, Dutch, American, Japanese, all sorts of stuff. Um, but of course gave that away when we moved down here. So I've, I've had some wrecks down here, but they've all been civilian
0: wrecks since I've been here. So your role here as conservation and restoration manager obviously is it as obvious as it sounds you're involved in keeping these uh, aircraft and airframes uh, up to scratch so that people can have a look at them?
4: Yeah I started a conservation program There's, there had been no conservation on, on aircraft for years but I've just started that so that there is maintenance on on aircraft that have, that have been done Um, The result of not doing it, we have aircraft that have been restored but are on death's door at the moment because they haven't been maintained over the years. Um, There's about eight aircraft being done at any one time and there's a team of volunteers on each one uh, and they tend to stay on that until that aircraft's done and then I find another project for them to do. We've got projects lined up, there's plenty of work.
0: We've mentioned the Tiger Moth. Uh, What else is being worked on at the moment?
4: Um, The F-27 is ready to be lifted into a new position. That's all been undercoated and primed. Uh, DC-3 is having a lot of work done on it. The Orion is finished, but it's being conserved. We're actually air conditioning that for conservation reasons. Uh, The Neptune's being worked on. Uh, The Drover, which is the next Flying Doctor aircraft, that's being done. But there's also work. We have machinists that, you know, produce items for us. Um, we're looking for spray painters. We haven't got any painters at the moment, which is a bit desperate. Um, there's a number of aircraft, and it's you, you don't have to be a qualified tradie to do it. Um, if you come in, there's a guy who started the other day on the Spitty, who's not a tradesman, but he's mad on Spitfires, so we put him on the on the Spitfire replica. And, you know, he'll pick up what trades is necessary to, to get that replica finished.
0: Now, we're all volunteers here. I'm not sure that everybody knows that. So so you're looking for more volunteers, particularly people who are comfortable with tools and trades. But uh, can somebody come in if they're simply interested, like you mentioned, that gentleman with the Spitfire?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've got people here that were, you know, um, one was a bookkeeper, one do all sorts of jobs but their their prime interest is aviation and they like to get their hands dirty and work on airplanes that's fine because they'll be put in a in a position where they're taught and shown and they're not working on their own they'll be with other guys on that on that aircraft they'll pick it up and they'll become good at it no, it's just not necessary to be qualified by any means.
0: Sounds wonderful, and mostly the guys are in here on a Tuesday and Wednesday, even though some of them come in other days. So, what's the arrangement then with the number of hours somebody puts in, or how the number of days they come here? How does that work?
4: We we have we have a volunteers list. Um, the majority of those volunteers don't actually are hands on. the The list of volunteers that do something is fairly small, but they. Tuesday, Wednesday is the main day, but if they um, can be here Thursday, and I perhaps come in again Thursday and and get it sorted, they can they can work Thursday. Um, we work about five hours a day, I suppose. We have a depending who you are, whether it's a long or a short morning tea, but we have morning tea and lunch here. Place um, go home, but it's about it's about a five hour day, six hour day, so. Um, and you work at your own pace. What you're capable of doing. So um, you, you don't. Five hours a day is about what we work. Okay. Um, it's there's no pressure on anyone to do that. We have some volunteers who come in and just wash aeroplanes. Uh, there's two young blokes that come in uh, on a on a on a week a weekend day and wash aeroplanes. Um, it's it's what people want to do. I don't believe. If somebody comes in here and wants to do for example a Spitfire then I wouldn't put him on the F27 because that's not where he wants to go so I I try and put people where they want to go they don't necessarily have to be skilled at what's going on but they'll pick it up they'll learn it.
0: Now I spoke to Emily earlier she at the moment as as far as I know is the only female in the workshop Um, good on her she's doing a fantastic job well what if there's a lady listening or a girl listening who who thinks that's just for me but it's all blokes am I welcome what would you say to her?
4: Absolutely um, we had a lady up until recently worked out here in the in the paddock um, who originally worked on the front counter but wanted to come out here so she was here about 18 months and fitted in and did a fantastic job it was a loss to the museum when she left I've got to say but if if it's female and she wants to come in and, and work out in the party, that's fine. It's, um, you know, anybody's welcome. Anybody's welcome.
0: I remember, uh, just to to back that up, I remember when I introduced you to Emily or when I brought her over to meet you at the workshop, I was impressed with how, uh, you know, I could tell she was going to be looked after. She was going to be guided and directed. She was given tasks that were quite specific and clear, but she was also uh, being respected and cared for as a volunteer, and I appreciated that, and I think she says the same thing too. Um,
4: How's Emily working out? Emily now works on about 10 different aircraft that have some bearing on where she wants to go to in the Air Force. Uh, she's been with the F-111 crew, which is sort of current aircraft. Uh, she spent time in the Mirage, she spent time in the Orion. Um, with the engine room, she actually sat in the cockpit of an aircraft while we ran the engine. So she's had all sorts of experience. We're a bit limited as, as to who we can do this for. I think they have to be they have to be a member to start. They have to be well on their way to the pro- in, in the process of, of enlistment, um, and they have to be sort of aimed at tech crew, so pilots, navigators, air traffic control, weapons officers, whatever the title is currently.
0: So, I guess the word is this is an all volunteer organisation. It's unique. It's a wonderful collection, and it needs more. Uh, attention and more resources so if you're listening and you find the the idea of volunteering interesting to you and you can only come in one day a week or you can come in seven days a week it's whatever let us know get in contact with us through our website and we will introduce you to Rick and uh, the guys in the workshop and just see how that goes but we would love to hear from you thank you very much Rick my pleasure so that's our episode. Thank you once again very much on behalf of the Queensland Air Museum and the broader Sunshine Coast community to councillors Rick Babarowski and Terry Landsberg for their very generous support and specifically the grant that they made available to us to be able to establish our recording studio. Some very exciting things happening. I have to tell you that it's not just the podcast that uh, we use the studio for. We have now begun a formal oral history project in which we are gathering together, recording, transcribing, cataloguing and preserving in perpetuity the stories of those who have served in Australian aviation. It's a very exciting project. And we as a museum have joined the Oral History Australia Association in order to help make that possible. But our recording studio is an important part of that, and uh, we are grateful to our counsellors who have made that possible. And look, all the very best to you, Emily. We appreciate what you do around the place, and we're pleased to be able to be a part of your learning and growing experience also. Next week on the podcast, we begin a series looking at the GAF Government Aircraft Factory Canberra Bomber, which was, if you'll recall from an earlier podcast episode, the very first aircraft that was purchased by the the fledgling Queensland Air Museum back in 1973-74 and is still proudly on display. Uh, at the Queensland Air Museum, and we're going to be focusing in on the story of the Canberra bomber itself, the story of QAM's Canberra, number 225, and the story of a navigator who flew in the Canberras in the Vietnam conflict. Peter Grouter, RAAF Air Commodore retired, uh, whose service with the Air Force included uh, work in the Canberras, Thank you for listening. We love to know you're there. We would love to meet you. So don't forget we're open from 10 till 4 every day except Christmas Day and Easter Friday. Come and see us soon. Bye for now.